Hello, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, what, what, everybody, this, <laughs> This uh, this is your good ass girl Adelian. Um, enough enough time. Me did I try telling you say me is a real Jamaican bad girl. So big ups all my island brethren and all of the ghetto youth them back a yard. Thank you. And oh, you are? Oh no, nigga. <laughs> I am laid the fuck out. <laughs> this is And this three. is three. Wow, Thank you I for coming you. back. Listening to another episode. It's really great to have you, Adele Ann. Thank you for joining the show today. Uh okay. Um All right. but more on that later. Yeah. We'll discuss her okay. in a moment. All right. Your sister. We want to say thank you guys so much for returning with us another week here in hell. But we're mm-hmm. going to keep we're going to keep things going as normal uh, with some black excellence. So I just want to say, I'll start by saying, I decided not too long ago that I was going to watch all of the MCU movies in the order that they were released. Just so I could get, I I didn't want to watch Avengers Endgame a second time before I watched all of the movies back to back. And I just wanted, you know, the nerd in me was like, soak up all of the little bits and things that you missed the first time and look out for new details and how they wove all of the stories together. And so this was my mission. Um, A while ago, I watched again for the umpteenth time. Captain America Civil War. Captain America Civil War is the first appearance of Black Panther. Uh, Chadwick Boseman stars as one of my favorite superheroes of all time. And it's the first time that we get to see like uh, his cinematic debut. And I was just, once again, I get, I've seen this movie so many times. And again, like in my dedicated nerdy stand, um, I was just like, oh, what an intro. I love how badass he was. I like how, you know, he spoke to people, how like true and authentic uh, the character was and how well Chadwick Boseman like played him and brought him to life and everything like that. Fast forward a couple movies later, we have Black Panther, the film itself what we all have been waiting for. And that was like what I felt in Civil War times 1000. And I was just like sitting surrounded in all my Black Panther collectibles. Once again, my dog is judging me like, why is this the person that owns me? Like, I don't understand. But I watched it, I stand again, and I just lived for how... You know, I get to see this and on this platform with this kind of budget and this kind of authenticity and respect in my life. And I was so grateful for seeing it or for being able to see it once again. The very next day, I find out that Chadwick Boseman has passed away. And oh, wow. this... This literally, like, I was watching Infinity War because Avengers Infinity War is the movie that comes after Black Panther. And I paused it literally right before the scene goes into Wakanda because I was like, all right, we're about to get the king again. All right, 
round three, I'm prepared, let's do this. But I was like, I'm going to pause this, go warm up some food. And then when my food is ready is when I'll watch the thing. So my food is warming up and I jump on Twitch to watch this guy playing a video game. And in the chat of the Twitch, someone tweet or someone uh, post Chadwick Boseman dead at 43 or something like that. And I'm like, okay, Twitch is full of like terrible, terrible dirt people. Mm -hmm. Surely this is a troll and this can't be true. So I flew my ass over to Google and looked it up. And of course it was true. I'm still like this shit sucks and it really hurts and I completely understand acknowledge respect the fact that Chadwick Boseman was more than just Black Panther he was somebody's you know son and brother and friend and all of these you know things and also just seemed like a genuinely good caring you know human individual but talented as well and pour talent into numerous characters that mean a lot to many people especially black people thurgood marshall uh jackie robinson james brown and for my nerdy black ass black panther and so to know that he was dealing with what he was dealing with uh cancer specifically which is just like I can't say enough or properly verbalize how sick and tired I am of that disease. But to know that he like poured himself into these roles, went out and did a ton of promo that was, you know, very likely tiresome and like had to be, you know, exhausting while he's dealing with everything else. And people don't even know this. Like Chadwick Boseman, at least for Black Panther completely redefined the genre and like reintroduced it in so many really impeccable ways and really respected it and, and, and like lifted up that character in a way that I was dying to see for a long time. And like for that and everything else he's done in his career and in his personal life, his legacy will be great. Um, but it sucks. Cause I really feel like we lost a King. Mm-hmm. And yeah. with everything else that's going on in, in the world right now, it's just like, my God, like, what the fuck else does this year honestly have? Like, I mean, why are we losing people like Chadwick Boseman, but this fat ass fucking cheese doodle is just walking around orange and bronzes every other day? smiling and kikiing and laughing like why can't she be the one why can't that bitch drop dead i feel the same way (laughs) i just don't understand but anyway black excellence for me this week is child bozeman for everything that he's done career-wise um in terms of philanthropy all of the amazing things that he's done to like really affect people and i hope that he knows that you know he had a really profound impact on a lot of nerdy losers like myself, even, and how you got other people to realize how sickening this character and story um, <laughs> Me. has always been. You know, like, I'm super grateful and it sucks. So that's my Black excellence. Yeah, reading the um, the tributes from the people who knew him and worked with him, Ryan Coogler's especially, was really, really beautiful. But, like, 
I just can't even imagine going through chemotherapy and all them treatments while working the way that man worked over the past four Mm -hmm. years. Like, it really just blows my mind that he was capable of doing it for as long as he did. So, Mm. I don't know. I just... Black Panther, I'm one of those people who did not give a shit about comic books and the comic book world and all that. And mm-hmm. and now Black Panther is the movie I, I've seen most in the theaters. Like, I just completely fell in love and Chadwick Boseman had everything to do with that. And the other stuff he's been in, the Jackie Robinson movie and all that, I'm just like... So not only were you this talented of an actor, but you were also like genuinely a good person. Yeah. Like it's just a sweet, loving, gentle, wise soul who came here to make a mark and change the world. And you just, yeah, it feels like we were cheated out of something. Um, and I send my condolences to his family and the people who knew him best because this is just awful. Okay. So with that, we're going to move on into our pop culture segment. Hot Tops, the in-glory holes bastards. Uh, yum. Um, so, first of all, let's talk about um, Adele Ann. Adele. Um, oh, yeah. Ann Wilson. Let's do that. Um, so, many of you have appeared in, in my, um, my mentions and places. Sending me all kinds of direct um, links to a photo that Adele posted on her (laughs) Instagram page that is captioned, and I quote, Happy what would be Notting Hill Carnival, my beloved London, with the London or British flag next to the Jamaican flag. And she is here showing off her um belly and cleavage and i should have said belly breasts and bantu bbb <laughs> it was, was right, right there, there. it was right idiot. there yes we've got tits and <laughs> hips and knots and feathers and i don't know what kind of print this these leggings are what I you would call this i don't understand it I don't understand it's, the yoga pants with this Jamaican swimsuit top. I don't get it, but okay. I feel like as far as carnival attire, this is like overall not a very strong um, <laughs> presentation. Uh, myself. I'm just not what noticing I feel. the gold hoops. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not seeing those. <laughs> Lots of little golden accents. <laughs> Again, I don't understand where the pants come in no. or the f- the feathers. So I will say, as a Jamaican American young man, um, I don't care about this. <laughs> like, I know that London is chock full of Jamaican people and a lot of. Uh, the culture, the sayings, the events have rubbed off on people who are just from there, much like a lot of uh, Torontonians, you know, like Aubrey Ann as well. 
Aubrey loves patois and um, brown stew chicken and things as well. And, you know, it's got to be because surrounded by them and because brown stew chicken is delicious. It is from God. Um, so I don't really care about the bikini top. I actually think it's a cute top. And love the fact that Adele stands for the island. The knots are, are pushing it. I, I think the, the hair is pushing it a taste. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really don't understand why she let somebody put them knots in her hair. I don't, but okay. I don't like it. It just doesn't I look good like on it. white girls. It just does not. It could be any white girl. It doesn't look good. <laughs> Adele, I'm saying goodbye from the other side. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because the hair for like, I'm fine with the the breasts. And I'm, you know, again, Just confused, questioning the pants <laughs> as like an addition to the look. Right. Not solo. Like, I don't see how it, it gels yeah, together. It's not coming together for me. <laughs> But the love of Carnival, the love of my home island, the, you know, feathers even, <laughs> you know, I taught, I taught a white woman, but the hair, the oh, hair, Lord. the hair for me is when it's like, mm, hun. And that's got to be what you put the most time and effort into in, in oh, terms yeah. of everything. Yeah. I don't know. Is she still dating Skepta? <laughs> Was she dating Skepta? Oh, no. Did I get her mixed up with somebody else? (laughs) Adele's one of those people I just wait for her to tell me in the album. I don't really keep up with her, like, personal life too much. I don't think I follow her. Let me see. Does Skepta have a sister or an Annie? Because somebody put them knots in. Uh, Oh, my God. Died Julie Adenuga. Oh what? my God! Now I feel no. Ju- Julie was not the one who put these knots in her hair. I know that for sure. But yeah, that I stayed out of the argument side of it because you know I'm not Jamaican. I'm not British. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I was here for the fucking jokes, my nigga. I mm-hmm. was not ready for y'all to act up the way y'all did, mixing her white lady ballads with <laughs> Jamaican beats and yeah. Uh, apparently, there's somebody called White Girl Yardy. Never heard of her, but this was an incredible song. I was just, I cracked up for a long time. I actually laughed myself to sleep. So thank you, Adele. The funny thing is, there are probably at least half a dozen Jamaican artists that have made their own remixed, recovered version of a ton of Adele songs. Because what Jamaicans love motherfucking doing is taking the (laughs) melody of some top 10 Billboard song and then like re-singing it over like the most island production and we love it and our aunts and uncles play it Mm. when we get together and you know you often will hear it while smelling something being jerked so i feel like you know what if mama loves you know the black green and the gold I'm fine with that, even in bikini top form. But the hair, like the hair for me, it didn't need to happen. We could have done a bun. We could have done like pigtails. We could have gone natural, whatever that is for her. (laughs) But this Jada Pinkett Smith in the Matrix. Nope. Mm -mm. 
did not understand it, but you know. <laughs> That's where I had to get off. But other than that. I mean, you know, and I'm sure she thought she was showing love with this. Like she I'm sure she did, but girl. And Jamaicans love this. Like Jamaican Jamaicans, like born and bred, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, do they? typically don't give a fuck about white people <laughs> from wherever the fuck loving Jamaica. Like Jamaicans live for this. They go the fuck up and they Got love you. seeing their islands influence spread across the world and stuff okay. like that. Maybe that's I'm American born about it, so <laughs> maybe. I'm American born and cultural appropriation is just the thing that has always been in my face. You know, yeah. uh Caribbean heritage aside. Um, and I'm a bit more sensitive about it myself as well, you know, which is why I don't mind you going to Carnival. It's fun. Or, you know, wearing our flag. It's pretty. But it's like, if she starts singing, you know, <laughs> in Patois, yeah. that's where I have to get off the bus. And, <laughs> you know, that's it for me. You know, uh, and again, the hair. <laughs> you really, I happen. mean, you stuck on this hair for good reason because it is so bad. But again, the whole look is just not giving me carnival. Mm. But you know, you you live your life, Adele. You go ahead, girl. Twenty twenty is rough. I know. It definitely gives me. You know what? We're gonna have carnival tomorrow anyway. <laughs> and like, and you grab whatever you found, and you found you yeah. call your closest black girlfriend to come <laughs> and wrap up these knots. Because this looks like this is probably her backyard. This is like a pool, right? <laughs> With a bunch of lawns. This is probably her house. <laughs> this looks honestly like she was in Jamaica at a resort somewhere. Oh, possibly. maybe that's it. Like to me, this gives you were on vacation. Okay. Well, but I I have no idea where she is. Yeah, I mean, in these yoga pants, she has to be relaxing. It probably is I a just resort. <laughs> don't know why they couldn't match. She literally you just know? got up from yoga. <laughs> and yeah. put the feathers on and went outside. And she said, you know what? She probably sparked a blunt and halfway through it was like, you know what? <laughs> I look Let's good. No, I look good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's fucking do And all the white people were talking about, you know, what waste. Hashtag what waste. Meanwhile, black Americans were arguing <laughs> with Jamaican people about whether or not this woman had the right to do this. <laughs> like... Yeah, no one gave a I fuck don't. about this work. This girl losing weight. Yeah, not on the that's, side. that's not something I. No, I mean I already knew you were small, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like, not blowing okay. my mind. Right, it's more like this outfit. How did it come together? Walk me through it. But yeah, you know, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, marijuana had to be involved. It just has to be. Like, there's no <laughs> other excuse. <Mm-mm>, no. <laughs> And white people honestly believe that all Jamaicans get high anyway. They really think that you like step off of the motherfucking uh, the plane at the airport, oh, yeah. and they just hand you a blunt at Marcus Garvey. Like that's not what happens. So like, <laughs> like I said, I would not be shocked if somebody lit up a doobie and Lord. and they said, you know what, wrap this hair up, honey, and go on down to the the party store, get me some feathers. And some, yep. you know, some of my jewelry we're from upstairs. We're just going to make something real quick. And we're going to have carnival anyway. <laughs> Bring me my colorful bracelets. The ones That's that, what this was. The ones that jangle. <laughs> <laughs> she borrowed this necklace and them earrings, though. Oh, absolutely. I know that. I just... Without like question. This was not her personal collection. 
I just want to know who did the hair. That's all I want to know because yeah. I feel like you could have given us a, a regular old white girl swoop or wavy whatever with all of this. And I still would have questioned some of the you know pieces as a unit, but I wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm concerned. Oh, no. She asked the concierge and they, and they sent up a girl and she tipped You know extra. what? You are right. You are right. <laughs> Absolutely. She said, who can, who can do my hair? And they sent somebody up too sweet, nigga. I think that you might be Phoenix Wright and I'm Maya. Because <laughs> I think that you just cracked the case. <laughs> because honestly, with the example of her clearly being, you know, at a getaway, a getaway stay yeah, somewhere, probably yeah. private, she likely got a Shelly Ann mm-hmm. or a Margaret yep. or a Hyacinth to do this hair for her exactly. on the property while she was there. Because exactly. one thing they will do is give you an ethnic hairstyle. Yeah. I mean, and and I have seen that. Many times. <laughs> I was like, Jamaicans clearly don't mind white people in braids because they will absolutely corn roll your shit. <laughs> Listen, as long as said white person is paying for said disgust right. braids. Give a shit. Listen. <laughs> uh, oh, I'll Adele. get these fingers to work. Yeah, Adele, just tread light. I'm Bless not it. like Bless bent it. over backwards over this. The bikini top is but cute. The, uh, don't the push attempt. It. <laughs> The attempt is, is is nice, and I respect that. And I also once again acknowledge that Jamaica, London, peanut butter jelly. But oh, that hair! But you know, <laughs> again, I know one of these niggas. It's probably one of these motherfuckers in the background that did the hair too. Oh yeah, may have been, but yeah, girl. This... Homeboy with his hands up in the picture is probably his wife. <laughs> what? Oh, his yeah, wife did the hair. Yeah, yeah, probably so. I would not. Everybody be made a bag. Just don't, don't, don't do this again. Please <laughs> leave it alone. We don't need nothing but not, nothing ethnic, please, for at least the rest of the year. Because I don't have it in me to cancel you right now. I'm very tired. So just please, just don't do this ever. Please. <laughs> Please, please. I wouldn't even mind her singing over a very nice reggae-infused steel drum-esque song. But don't go the Drake route. Drake really oh, be God, out yes, here no, acting we don't like need he grew an up. Album. No. <laughs> and you know that's Kingston. And I don't, we're not gonna do it. Um so I took a, a peek at Brandy versus Gunica mm-hmm. uh before everything started. I mean, before we started recording. And a um, couple things I noticed. It was at 1.1 million views uh, when I checked in, uh, which is not something you see often, but makes sense to me. Also, um, let's discuss the fashions. Brandy was definitely <laughs> dressed like, you know, one of the Mitchell aunties that takes edibles and stays above the family drama. <laughs> possibly tells Moesha <laughs> to get her shit together. Um, her shoes reminded mm. me of, like, someone who keeps their yellow pages up to date. And their <laughs> white pages. Um, <laughs> it was like a white mule slide. Yeah. That's, and, um, that's, not, that's not ever okay. <laughs> it felt to me like she's always got her baby's school raffle tickets for sale in her pocketbook. <laughs> like, that's what the shoes said. <laughs> Meanwhile, oh, Monica <laughs> Monica was dressed like, you know, wet-ass pussy make the pull-out game week or whatever yeah. Belle Khalees yes. said. Correct. Um, 
it looked to me kind of like she had just DMC murder like a link to the the stream okay. or C C uh what are C for civil rights? I said he should change his name to C rights mm. for civil rights, but also because you write raps. Uh, <laughs> I'm speechless. You girls are welcome. Have fun with it. I don't even need a credit. I don't want a nickel. Yeah, I promise okay, you. I'm just okay. trying to be helpful. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, I also caught a lot of shade and strong attempts from both sides oh my to God. stomach one another's Listen, presence. Listen, they cannot stand each other. I felt like that was obvious. <laughs> that jumped out at me from the damn screen. I was like, oh, these two are barely tolerating each other. Yeah. Barely. Like, <laughs> at one point, was it so gone that Monica was about to play and she was talking about how she'd be kicking down doors and smacking bitches and Brandy yeah. was like, oh, I know, I'm one of them. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. oh, God damn. And afterwards, she did, she said some shit like when Monica did like the kick or something, she was like, I saw you do the kick and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh shit, I, I got know. nervous. <laughs> It was shade for shade for shade for shade for shade. But you know what? For people who can, like, stomach that stuff, um, that's what they were going... That's what they were hoping for. You know, I feel like everybody is winning um, for that. For me, it's far too cringe. Because I was just like... I don't know. I was enjoying myself. Oh, it's so awkward. I couldn't. And knowing that 1.1 million people were watching, um, I just... (laughs) I mean, I was I'm like, give me the highlights. And they were both oh, singing, yeah. too. So it was, like, nice in that regard. But I can see how if people being weird with each other makes you uncomfortable, that you would not be able to stick around for that. Because mm. they were definitely... It was very church nice. <laughs> you know what it is? It's when it's, like, live in front of an audience. And it's, like, very transparent what's going on. Yeah. But the people have to do the best to keep a straight face. <laughs> it's almost like when someone is, like, bombing on stage, as, like, like doing comedy or performing or something like that, and I'm like, the one person in the audience that's not going to be petty and, like, just wants for everybody else to be on the same page. <laughs> but, like, you know, people are just relentlessly tossing tomatoes or cackling oh, no. and heckling. From what I saw in terms of comments, everybody was just having a good time. And like, I feel like when it gets to that, when like live streams on Instagram are that uh, crowded, you really only see like Michelle Obama and whoever else is super Yeah, you only see very famous people in the the comments, the chat things. Yeah. And of course, most of them are going to be keeping it cute or whatnot. So when I tipped on over to a couple of the blogs to pick out hot topics for stay is when I saw, um, you know, how the girls are really discussing things. And I'm sure that if I tab on over to Twitter right now, I'll see you also (laughs) keeping it real with how you feel, girls, because I know how y'all get. Um, But yeah. Yeah, I couldn't really clock it as far as a competition because I didn't watch, you know, that far into it. But Mm. from what I heard of the playlist, I was having a very good time, like truly enjoying myself, reminding me of some older shit that I need to make sure is on my phone or re-download or whatever. But yeah, I think this was the biggest versus audience ever, this 1.2 million. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure, but I assumed it would be. Yeah. Like, of what we've been given so far, this is kind of up there in having already decided, oh, it's going to be a battle then. You know, I'll be in attendance. Yeah. Um, they open with Kamala. <laughs> right? Kamala FaceTimed in. I said, oh, so we, we're making this a political event as well. All right. <laughs> Hashtag I don't vote. know. <laughs> If it was Kamala herself or a niece that hit up the campaign and was like, so the Negroes are all going to be on Instagram Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So what you're going to want to do is yeah. get in a piece of that because they're all going to be watching. And make sure you wear your Howard shirt while you at it. <laughs> exactly. So it was like, you know, what whatever y'all got to do or can do need to do at this point. <laughs> I'll take it because I already know how I'm voting, you know. But Listen, girl, I don't even <laughs> right. Like, okay, this this is this is fine and and good and great. Yes, but like, if it if it even makes a notch of difference, <laughs> sign me up. Like, whatever. I don't want to think about this country after November 9th or whenever the election day is. I actually, don't even want to think about the stress of the it's, next few it's, months. It's sincerely going to be shit <laughs> either way <laughs> like it's not funny but it really is it's going to it's be going shit it's going to be shit regardless so here we are let's go oh uh, we're so fucked but anyway uh, great versus thank you ladies for tolerating each other long enough for that I hope y'all played the boy is mine at some point and, and hugged I'm it sure. out <laughs> That hasn't been, you know, the finale. Hugging it out, doubtful. Okay, maybe not. But maybe they, you know, clink glasses of Ciroc or whatever was on stage. Um, maybe. Maybe and so. And we'll take that. Meanwhile, um, some some of C Murder's exes and baby moms are upset with Monica throwing shade on, on Instagram. Of course. During the whole, you know, free C Murder campaign. One of them alleges that Monica and C Murder were creeping around while um he was her husband. And she said, um, I forgive them both. I just want him to get out so I can give him custody of the kids. To which influencer <laughs> and entrepreneur Supercent said, if you forgive them, then no need to bring it back up. And Monica responded, well, tell her how go in Super. Love you and thank you for your support. Oh, how, how sweet. Another one of them says, I don't remember Monica spending a dime, but P is gathering her ass together. Trash ass. Speaking of Master P, that is. And then she wrote some other long thing about how, you know, she's always been the real one in his, in C Murder's life or Corey's life and got his name tatted on her ring finger and moved by the prison. And Monica was married that whole time. And how dare you? Meanwhile, we know what Monica's doing right now. Uh, right. Not um, this. And on Master P's side of the street, he literally posted an Instagram picture that. <laughs> oh, no. Is a picture of an ATM that says Master P ATM out of order. <laughs> Family and friends go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> now. <sighs> now, you know what? This is <laughs> this. When I first saw this, I was like, this feels cold-blooded. But also, I have never been a multimillionaire who had to support multiple family members over decades. So, you know, mm. he he been paying for niggas to live for 30 years. I can understand being like, I'm done. Like, I'm fucking done. I'm not paying for your fucking Hennessy parties no more, nigga. Like, 
So, you know, I decide to let people who have actually been in that situation make the judgments on it. But yeah, I cackle for a good long time at that one. And honestly, like these are still people at the end of the day. It, 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 I mean, everybody, uh, well, not everybody, but many, 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 many families have squabbles and drama and stuff like this, especially if you're discussing someone who's incarcerated, someone who's passed, someone who's sick, someone da 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 da. The difference is that they have, uh, you know, they're under a magnifying glass in a sense because they're famous and stuff like that. It doesn't mean that they're above family drama. If anything, they're probably going to have more family drama because somebody in the family is famous and has all a bunch of money, you know? So mm. I don't know you niggas. And because you are family, you you have the ability to next year, next week, years from now or never, you know, come together and work it out and figure, you know, figure out what you need to figure out. Instagram aside, this is just another thing for us to pick at because it's live on Instagram and posting a fucking ATM that says your name on it and says family and friends go get a job <laughs> is fucking hilarious. We need that phrase down at the bottom. That's really what's holding <laughs> Like, he really made the ATM tell them, go get a job. Like, like, how tired do you have to be? What did they do to you? I forgot he named two of his sons Hersey and Mercy. (laughs) I love being black. I love being black. Well, Niecy Nash is married. She posted (sighs) photographs. Of her recent wedding to Jessica Betts. Yes. Mm -hmm. Jessica Betts, singing, songwriting extraordinaire. Miss Niecy Nash is in a whole ass marriage with a woman, and we welcome her to the community. I don't know if this is the thing that we like knew. I don't know if she was like out before or what. I guess she's coming out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I think this is her her coming out story, but. Yeah, I was stunned. It's been, you know, less than a year since she was divorced. Or were you stunned? All right. (laughs) You know, I had a lot of feelings. I'm mainly just really happy for her and shocked because I don't know why. I just never, I don't know. I just did not see this one coming at all. And her her nigga is very cute. I mean, how do you know? They look, I mean, yeah it wouldn't be none of my business no damn way but you know she looks overjoyed and i know how fast my people like to move so i'm not even Mm. remotely shocked that you know honestly not at that part when when you've dated niggas the average lesbian will be like an (laughs) eye-opening experience oh my god where you'll be like people can actually listen consider me and like because i bet this nigga just listens I bet this nigga like listens and <laughs> like actually remembers asks things she says. How her day was. And is interested in the answer. Like, like genuinely cares. <laughs> has follow-up questions and you know. Reciprocates the energy that Nisi is giving, you know. Provides a dialogue. Multiple and not a orgasms. <laughs> it's like what's what's not to love? So yeah, I'm very happy for her. Very, very happy for her. What I discovered when I did some digging is that her wife is actually the winner of the one season of that Missy Elliott talent reality show yes. that was on UPN called Road to Stardom. And a crazy thing, I mean, I didn't know until I looked it up today that that's who it was. I didn't remember. 
But the only thing I remember about that show is literally that Mona Scott was a judge. Mm. Tina Marie was a judge. Oh, and wow. that this girl was a contestant in one. That's the only thing that I remembered about it. But it wasn't until I looked her up that I was like, oh, shit. That's, yeah. that's who this is. Still has a great voice. Looks good as fuck. And I think that they make a fantastic couple or a really hot couple. And I also am weirdly loving the fact that them curves that Niecy has Listen. are over here on a woman's lap. Because niggas are gnashing their teeth right now. They do not understand how this could happen. But I do. I know exactly how this shit happened. Shariel, somebody, I don't know which one of them hoes sent me a screenshot from uh, Jessica's Instagram. And I said, oh, yes, I see (laughs) exactly how this went down from start to finish. Apparently, she played the wedding singer on an episode of Claws where Niecy Nash's character was getting married. Oh, and so maybe they met on set at Claus. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? But you know, these two—they are radiating joy. They really yeah. are. They look thrilled. I'm happy for them. Love wins. Really Yay! Congratulations and things like that. And so, maybe there should be nothing but blessings and shade and extended getaways and I don't know, picking out furniture, whatever y'all gave. <laughs> <laughs> they just, you know, they finna go home and be happy. I love it. Um, well, one day. Our Kelly's our attorney would Who? like for him to be released from the jail because he got his ass beat by a fellow inmate the other day. Uh allegedly this inmate was angry because uh, the facility was placed on lockdown number of times due to uh, R. Kelly protesters wasting everybody's time and energy (laughs) and construction paper outside of the jail protesting. (laughs) So now, I don't know what exactly is the most miserable about a prison lockdown. I would assume visitors don't happen. You probably can't get any ruffles from commissary. Maybe you can't go work out. I really don't know. Yeah, I think you but can't move at all. I think you just have to stand by your there. bed or whatever. Yeah. Um. Jesus. Yeah. Outside of literal prison, it sounds like it sucks top tier. Um... <laughs> So, one of the inmates was sick and tired of Robert, his presence, and his drama. Decided to reportedly uh, turn the corner into his cell and started whooping that ass, apparently. I cannot blame him. After the second time this happened, he had a target on his back. Um, So, we... uh, um, Apparently got beat up, and then... (laughs) Somebody broke up the fight. No word whether it was inmates or the police themselves. Uh, reports are saying that he's fine medically. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, the girls are all in their respective places. Um, so they want the doll uh, set free immediately because they believe that his life is uh in danger oh no and um i just want to say for me personally life has been sucking and this past week has sucked super um 
something that brought me joy that I didn't even plan was the thought of <laughs> of the inmate turning that corner <laughs> and standing like in the doorway or whatever of the mm-hmm. cell, fists clenched, <laughs> and all of a sudden the trapped in the closet song plays. <laughs> No, nigga, that's too and much. He just starts singing, like, you know, to our the closet. Been a long minute since I had me some barbecue chips. Ain't done fucked up, so I gotta whoop your ass, bitch. Like, what? I don't know. What? I've just had pictured it. I didn't ask oh for it, you know, I didn't ask to have this imagination. I cannot I believe. Okay. Unintentionally pictured. Um, this taking place in a trapped in the closet fashion, which okay. brought me immense joy. Right. I don't feel bad for Robert getting his ass beat in the pokey for a number of reasons. A, he's a piece of shit. B, he's fine. And C, a lot of what I've heard about, you know, friends, allies of his and what they have been trying to do to threaten and intimidate witnesses and stuff. Like, if you got an uppercut or two, a right hook, a roundhouse kick... And the medic says that you'll live. Squidward shrug. Yeah, like this is the bare minimum of what you deserved. I actually love that this happened. I don't care if that makes me a bad person. Cause me neither. I was just because the idea that somebody would take time out of their day to go advocate on behalf of R. Kelly for free. It's just not something it's not making sense to me. And then the people who have the unfortunate of being in the same like, I don't even know, block or whatever as you and having to constantly be on lockdown and extra security and all that shit because of you. Yeah, you got to go. Where, mm-hmm. I don't know where else, but up on and around from me because like, we already locked up. Like, don't make this a worse experience than it has to be. Well, good luck and no good luck. Mm-mm. Can't they just I was send talking in the solitary? To the- I was saying good luck to the inmates that just want to do, you know... God's work. Some bench presses or whatever. Um, Carrie Hilson had an interview on Claudia Jordan's uh, Zoom series. And she discussed a number of things. Most of it was sort of capsuled um, in a discussion about uh, mental health, uh, dealing with depression and stuff in the wake of coronavirus and finding ways to be at peace and whatnot. But she also pretty candidly discussed um, the whole Beyonce diss track thing how she was essentially threatened by her label. This is pulled on in them, I guess. Threatened by her label to like suffer career consequences had she not recorded this Beyonce diss. And that, you know, she would do things differently. And, you know, the industry's so fucked up. And it almost sounds like at the end, she just kind of wasn't even sure if she wanted to come back to music or not. She's like, if she has the fights left in her or the fight comes back at some point, then she would, mm-hmm. I guess get back into the game or whatnot. So, Mm. for me, I feel a couple ways. You know, I 
don't wish like really crippling depression or depression of any kind on anybody. You know, um, I was definitely someone who was very vocal about all of Carrie Hilson's um, crimes against the hive. And um, I feel like, you know, same on one hand, I know that there have been many people in labels that would not bear the brunt of a Beyonce backlash right? that have encouraged female recording artists to be like, take a shot at Beyonce. She's the one we got to take down. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I know that they have done this to several other women in music, specifically (laughs) Black women. The thing is, I don't know of many or any that were like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie is the one who was like, yeah, sure, I guess. Um, I don't think that that makes her any more at fault than the niggas behind the scenes who God only knows what the fuck they're doing now. But, um, I do hope that at least now she is in a better place emotionally and mentally. And I think that it would be nice for her to come back to the music industry in some regard, whether she's writing music for other people or making her own album. A big part of the thing that made me such a huge Carrie Hilson stand when her first album came out and when I was like first introduced to her was her songwriting ability, but it was also coupled with um the production. Cause mm. she was working with Timbaland and Danger Hands and yeah. and all these people who made really, really great beats. If she doesn't have those relationships anymore, I'm sure she can still obviously write a great song. I don't know how her music would sound, but I'm interested in hearing it. And it sucks that like dumb shit that she was influenced to do by whatever niggas in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not only led her to like almost not or seemingly not having interest in music right now or at all, but also, you know, leading her to places where she feels like shit or, you know, is depressed or confused or whatever. That shit sucks. But yeah, I don't really know what to make of this interview or moment outside of that. I wish her the best. Yeah, I mean, you know, good for her for talking about it. Uh, it's it's probably going to be a cold day in hell before most of the hive lets that go. But, you know, the hive is not literally everything. And you can still, <laughs> right. you can still, you know, have your music, write for other people, put out your own stuff if you want to. The the more Carrie Hilson got into her career, the less I got into her music. So mm. I don't know if she's making something for me, but also it's been a while. So her first album was so good. Nigga, so good. It was so yeah. good. It really yes. was. It really was. So yeah. you know, she can come back and I would give it a fair listen. I certainly am not still mad at her for something she did when she was like, I don't even right. know how old, but like mid twenties or something. I don't know. Like I was certainly in my early 20s when all of this stuff was going on and shit like that. And like, girl, yeah. I'm too old and have you know, too many I'm bills to pay now, at this right? point. I'm a whole give a fuck <laughs> about some song that you recorded forever the fuck ago. And I feel like a lot of the hive that were livid about it at the time are probably also older. Not to say that they're all going to be mature about it, but girl, like... Oh, that is true. That you is know, true. I feel like a lot of us have to be older. And if you are like... In my same age range or older, and still like, man, fuck Harry Kilson. <laughs> fuck Harry Kilson. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> that was the exit. Okay. If you're still saying whatever the fuck I said in that dumbass YouTube video, like, <laughs> at this point, like, girl, okay, come on. Like, let's move on. Yeah, I don't know if the younger half has picked up on um, all those same habits, but 
you know, uh, this girl has suffered enough. I think we have done, we have done enough. We really have, y'all. We <laughs> sent a paid. clear fucking message. <laughs> she has paid more than enough <laughs> for her crimes. Like, far more. Remember when she wouldn't hold up the magazine? Yes. And everybody's like, should have held up the magazine, bitch. Now we're back on your head, bitch. Like, yeah, let's leave her alone. It's fine. It's, yes, we have, we have done a lot. Um, so last but not least, Miss Cardi B created a bit of a political kerfuffle the other day, Did but she? she didn't start it. Oh, Lord. A uh, Republican congressional candidate, former that is, named Deanna Lorraine tweeted the following during the uh, Republican National Convention next last week. She said, America needs far more women like Melania Trump and Whoa. far less Whoa. like Cardi B. Whoa. <laughs> so Belkalese retweeted this and said, didn't she used to sell that WAP? And then she retweeted it again. With an old photo of Melania Trump posed nude. Oh, Lord. That says, uh, caption says, this pic giving me, yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy vibes. <laughs> Just saying with a shrugging emoji. This led to lots of people once again <laughs> discussing Melania Trump's modeling days, posing nude, and rumors that she worked as an escort around the same time, which she, of course, denies and has sued a whole bunch of white people for discussing. Yep. Uh, personally, as far as this one individual moment goes, I loved it. Um, <laughs> I actually enjoyed these tweets more than I enjoyed the song. And oh, damn. I really appreciate uh, Cardi's in, uh, contribution, at least here, therein, uh, to the political movement and uh, the discussions within the sides of people who have sense and don't have time for bullshit. Personally, I would think that Republicans would uh, be less concerned with Cardi's alleged wet-ass pussy, and more concerned <laughs> with the psycho-ass motherfuckers like Kimberly Guilfoyle or whatever that crazy white woman's name is that was doing all of that motherfucking screaming during the RNC. Did you see that one white woman in a red dress who was, like, yelling, like, mojo-fucking-jojo at the <laughs> RNC? Oh, wait, was that the first about night some- when... <laughs> the best is yet oh, yes. to come! Oh! <laughs> Like losing yes. it like a maniac. <laughs> I saw that and I saw the one of um I don't even know which Trump son it was. I can't say the ugly one. That doesn't narrow it down. But yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> both so of them much. looked highly out of it. So Yeah. Would not be sure. They were all basically like smiling ear to ear and maniacally laughing while cracks of thunder and lightning sparked in the background. <sighs> it was insanity. So yeah, no. why we're talking about a rapper from Bronx and her, you know, moist vag, what she likes to do with it. Not really sure. But of course, politicians really in general. Do they ever talk about anything that makes any goddamn sense or is on point or is like relevant to the discussion? 
Sure don't. No, and they're obsessed with Latinas from the Bronx. Republicans are because oh, <laughs> they true. give AOC that same fucking heat, and it's like yeah. <laughs> this is just I don't understand why y'all let Cardi get under your skin like this. But I also really love that she is one of the few celebrities who just calls out the blatant hypocrisy of yes. the so-called <laughs> religious right, <laughs> the Republican Party in this country. The fact that she's just like. So less of me, but this bitch also selling pussy. Like, mm, look at that. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what's the difference because all you got to do is Google Melania to see her whole ass pussy. It's right there for free. It don't take yeah. a lot at all. Two clicks. So, and I doubt that she <laughs> took those photos for nothing. So, like, I just y'all y'all have things to focus on going on in the country right now. Mm. Go, right now this country has a whole lot of fucking problems why are you checking billboard and looking for rappers to argue with I'll never understand but like pick something to do just one task because there are many I'm just waiting for the debates when like Kamala Harris and Mike Pence will argue back and forth about Doja Cat oh, and no. like <laughs> young young boy never broke again and um <laughs> absolutely not Lyra galore whoever oh man i mean i almost forgot the debates were happening and i guess it's you think they'll be in the same room or you think it'll be like both of them on facetime or whatever i really don't know i feel like they'll probably do it in the same room or they'll at least try to do it in the same room and have whatever little you know social distancing guidelines put like COVID tests at the door plastic between them or whatever plate glass and yeah yeah opposite sides of the stage yeah that's real homeboy um (laughs) chester cheetah is allegedly very amped to get the the oh god now see I'm not worried about Kamala versus Mike Pence. Like, not Who at, is? Not at <laughs> all, child. Kamala could outdebate that man in her sleep. Like, However, yeah. Joe Biden and that dementia that likes to kick up every now and then. Hello? <laughs> Let's go. The only reason he's not completely fucked is because Trump has the same goddamn issues. <laughs> mm, That's, like, neither one of best. y'all are spring chickens. Both of y'all are deteriorating. <laughs> basically, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. <laughs> And it's like, I don't know what either one of you motherfuckers are talking about. To That's going to be a shit show. <laughs> but Trump is more likely to stay like on topic of whatever his fuck ass agenda is. Meanwhile, Sophia Petrillo over here just breaking into <laughs> Sicily 1920. And we're all like, what the fuck are you talking about, girl? Yeah, that I'm not. <laughs> that I don't know how is going to, you know, shake out. But it's two old white men getting getting worse every day so <laughs> it's like listen at this point honestly i feel like for most americans you're either a barb or you're bardy gang like there's not much that's going to be said either right. who's who's, who's being on played? the fence yeah <laughs> right <laughs> who doesn't already know like how is this and and if it's a toss-up for you i really want to know how i really want to know what is 
I feel like it's either it's either like you're voting or you're not. Right. Not who who are you exactly? Vote for. It's more of a question of yes, agreed. So we will see how that how that bullshit goes down. But I don't have high hopes for Joe Biden. I do. Oh, not. you know, I'm not holding my <laughs> breath, but I know who I'm voting for. Right. No, that's not a question. Like Trump is not an option. But it just is. There's. I don't listen. Flame. Biden and Harris for whatever you want to flame them for and hold them accountable for when they are in that motherfucking house and we're trying to like, you know, undo some bad. (laughs) I don't, I don't give a fuck about any of that shit right now when like a blatant tire fire is running the nation. Yeah. There there just isn't there's no comparison. I don't understand. Right. But like you we'll can see. say you can say what you want about Hillary Clinton, but we would not mm. have a hundred and eighty five thousand Americans dead from this fucking virus if she was the president right now. Mm-hmm. I bet you I that much. If, <laughs> I don't know if people's innocent children would have been caged up like mm. bred animals. I don't know if I mean you know. perhaps, but <laughs> <laughs> Cause you know she's not uh she's not great on uh <laughs> some, of them, right about that. <laughs> some of them their issues, but we we have this is a shitty a shitty choice to make. <laughs> like yeah. you're choosing a shit option over an option that is like flaming shit. So Yeah. That's that's America. That's a two party system for you. But maybe enough people vote that we keep the House blue and flip the Senate blue. And then maybe they can actually, you know, impeach Trump and remove him from office this time. But like I said, even if, you know, Biden wins, we're going to have to deal with so much bullshit and violence and hysteria from all of the fucking knuckle-dragging, chud-ass conservative morons from around the nation who have had their sweet, sweet intolerance ripped from their cold hands. (laughs) I mean, and they swear that Joe Biden is just so left and he's going to defund police and dismantle police forces and all this. Meanwhile, niggas are not going to be doing better under Joe Biden. He is not going to stop (laughs) none of the things. (laughs) He is not going to, to fix any of the societal ills that plague black Americans. No, he might not hurt us as much as Trump, but that is the best we can possibly ask for. So like I said, very shitty situation to be in here, but I just cannot abstain from voting. I had never have. I can't do it now. Mm, And I just, there's, I just have to, girl, I'm going to just vote for Kamala and them. And I'm going to look at it as voting for a black girl to be a heartbeat away. <laughs> right. I'm going to look much. at it like that. I'm going to try to, yeah, because we are just this fucking country, man. But anyway, that's not what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cardi may not be the most, you know, pristine political analyst, but damn, does she make some of these moments fun and really point out uh, how much of a circus we're dealing with in terms of this government. Yeah. Who knew? Oh, God. 2020 just keeps on trucking. (laughs) Well, that's it for the Hot Tops this week. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back with your letters. So we are back to the show. And guys, this week's listener letter segment is being brought to you by Hulu's new comedy series, Woke. All episodes are premiering September 9th, so go check it out. 
That's right. Now on to the letters. Send yours to asktherita gmail.com. We got an update from Nelly, um, the lady who wrote us last week, and she's pregnant and her husband's family Oof. is acting really ridiculous. So she said, after my letter was read last week, my sister-in-law texted me that she heard a letter that sounded oddly <laughs> familiar on the read. I love when this happens. Mm. She said that it's absolutely wrong and insensitive to share family business. And if I was her real sis, then I just would have kept it to myself. I quickly well. informed her. <laughs> I informed her that we are in-laws and I have more than enough sisters in my I'm sorry, more than enough real sisters in my life. (laughs) She then three-wayed her mother into the conversation who said, I better not call her for anything and she hopes that the baby is not easy on me. She's going to Puerto Rico and won't be back till June, so I better not need her. I told her that I won't and hung up. (laughs) Yes, Grandma! Shortly after that, I received a few texts from articles that spoke about how high the death rate is for Black women while giving birth and that I should have my affairs in order in case something happens to me. At this point, I am not comfortable with that whole side of the family seeing my baby for at least a year. My husband is 100% on my side and is comfortable with cutting his family off. Amen, girl. (laughs) Thank you both for your advice and ensuring that we are making the right decision for our baby. So much love, Nelly. I mean, she didn't she say that it was a chance them niggas was going to hear it? I don't know if she said that or not. I don't remember if she said it or not either. But they did. Yeah, <laughs> Either way you go. They, they sure the fuck did. So, hey guys. <laughs> Glad that worked out for you, girl. Now, let's move on. And like, give her a break, sis. Like, I understand that you feel a way that you were listening to your podcast or whatever. And then it was like, did this bitch? I know that. The, are they talking about me? Like, I know right. that that's like, it's a little too. It's a little too applicable to my life situation. But, like, y'all be kind to each other. Everybody's stressed out. Everything sucks right now. And I think that it's okay for her to just be like, I want to chill right now. And just everybody. Yes. Granted, everything goes well and everybody's healthy. You will see this baby at some point. Yeah, but the stankest way, I mean, the way that they were texting her about this, like, I would yeah. I would definitely be on, like, oh, yeah, y'all not coming through to see my child, so. I mean, well, yeah, that definitely... <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> Puerto saying, Rico, adds. girl. Enjoy Puerto right. Rico. <laughs> if you weren't going to sail off into the horizon before, you damn sure are now, but, I, you know, I just want everybody to be nice. Okay, all right. This question comes from Pauline, who says, I am 24 years old, and I'm from upstate New York. Right before COVID hit, me and my partner of five years broke up. It was hard and a necessary parting of ways. Sometime in March, a month after the breakup, my ex sent me a DM on Tumblr of all platforms telling me to go fuck myself, that I'm glitter garbage and other slut shaming phrases. Yeah. What the fuck is glitter garbage? I don't even know. Is that is that like a is that a insult? Because it doesn't. I've never. I don't know. Maybe he's white. Maybe her boyfriend's white. Oh, no. That's what I guessed. But I no, she said, n- she said nigga in the very next sentence. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, three days later, boom, here this nigga go again. But now in my Instagram DMs asking if we could be on speaking terms and work towards a friendship. What? Yeah. This was three days after the DM on <laughs> Tumblr back in March. <laughs> okay. Fast forward to now and we've been chatting ever since. Here's what has me fucked up. I didn't see my ex's message on Tumblr till just now. Oh, I was like, what? Right. I was blown by that sentence too. Like how, girl? 
But yes, for five months, this nigga has been smiling in my face, cowardly ignoring and hoping that I hadn't seen his toxic I'm in my J. Cole feelings ass message on a platform that barely anybody uses anymore. (laughs) Needless to say, I'm a little hurt. In those five months, we had gotten closer to becoming friends again, and it felt good to have that connection during this stressful crisis. But now that I done read that damn message, I don't know what to do. Part of me wishes I hadn't seen it since things have been going well between us. The other part of me really wants to light that ass up. (laughs) Mm. What do y'all think I should do? Should I give him a chance again or let the petty take over? Love, Pauline. So, <laughs> niggas, niggas, <laughs> like this nigga really wrote all of that, and then days later was, was like, "He miss you no, so Gina, much." Gina, 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 Gina. That nigga like, miss you so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing about this for me is like, even if y'all have like been cool in the meantime before you knew about it or whatever. <clears throat> I would still be like, oh, so this is how you communicate yep. when you feel away. Yep. You know, the next time the things don't go your way, the next time that we have a disagreement, you're going to basically try to violate me or hurt my feelings or like, you know, just be toxic and gross. That to me would be concerning. Um, I don't know if you necessarily need to like bug out on him over it right now, but I definitely would be like, so <laughs> I read this message that you sent to me just now, like, and I have kind of a couple of feelings on the way that it is you communicate when right. you feel away. Because that's not going to work. Because if you think you're never going to have a disagreement again or come close to breaking up or break up altogether, then, you know, you're living in a world I'd love to live on. But your odd, odds are you're going to have a disagreement again. If that thing is going to try to make you feel like trash, I would just go ahead and X him out now. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Me. I mean, y'all were together for five years, so this person knows how to push your fucking buttons. Right. Um, and I would say, like, (laughs) I can just see this happening. Like, I really can see this happening in my life. I have had exes try to DM me on multiple platforms just to get me to pay attention to they asses again. Like, and I would be irate if I actually gave a nigga a chance and then five months later see that he has sent me all this disrespectful shit. So honestly, I mean, if I were you, I would probably be like, this message is enough for me to not even be bothered with you no more. And I get that, you know, he's familiar and things are stressful right now. And it's nice having that comfort and that connection with somebody. But like y'all broke up for a reason mm-hmm. and and you are not. I mean, yeah, you said like y'all were on your way to being friends again, but it's not like you felt ready to jump back into a relationship with them. So, I mean, Kid Fury gave you very good and mature advice to like bring it to him and be like, let's talk about how you act when you mad. But, you know, it is very possible to be mad at your ex or be deep in your feelings and not disrespect them. Exactly. It's very possible. And that's not something that you should just be expected to put up with. You didn't even tell us what all he said, but go fuck myself and whatever glittered garbage is. I'm sure it's a very, (laughs) a very mean insult in y'all's community. Like any kind of garbage is kind (laughs) of not great. Fuck you. I I am an incredible organic garbage. That's not working. But like whatever he said to you, I just don't think you need to put up with that. But I also understand why it's hard to let somebody go right now. So. Mm. Uh, pray on it um <laughs> yeah yeah and 
maybe it could be a situation. Girl, I don't know. Because I, I, I'm hesitant to tell you to give a man another chance, but... I honestly just think that the thing that you need to acknowledge most of all is the way that he communicates when he's upset or when y'all are not in a good place. Yeah. And that is because the next time that it happens, you will likely deal with this kind of energy again. And if that's something that you know you're not going to tolerate, you don't want to deal with, it's best for you, in my opinion, to get an understanding of that now, where it comes from, all of that, so that you can move accordingly in the future. But I also think that it's perfectly fine that, like Crystal is saying, if it's like, oh, so this is who you really be, you know, this is how you how, who you become when you're in your feelings or when, you know, we're upset or whatever, right. when we break up or whatnot, like, I don't need to tolerate that shit and, like, I'm good. You know, because I think that's fine. And of course, the nigga will likely make you feel like you are crazy or you are, you know, out of, you know, out of your mind for reacting to something that happened however long ago. It doesn't matter when it happened. You're just receiving the effect of it because you just, you know, saw it. So I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, you know what, I'm not going to tolerate this shit now or in the future. So we're done. But I think that it's possible for you to just sit and talk and be like, what was this about? And I think that if you don't, if you don't get like immediately get a mature response from that, I don't think I would even continue the conversation. Oh, you yeah, know what I'm definitely not. Like, I think that if you bring it up to him and he immediately goes on the defense and is like, well, what are you tripping up? You know what I mean? Like any any kind of tone that's like not taking accountability and acknowledging that it was fucked up, I would immediately be like, you know what? I'm not even going to do this with, do this with you. Go ahead and grab your Jordans and, yep, and be I'm going to need you, know you know to I mean? just go because, <laughs> yeah, no, you're not mature enough for this situation with me. So you got to go. Right. All right. Next question comes from Cheryl, who says, I'm a 50 year old woman from Baltimore. And recently my son came out as being gay. He tried to come out when he was a teenager, but I didn't know any better then. And my reaction made him suppress who he was, which led him down some dark alleys with drug usage. He's sober now for about two years and is in a much healthier head and mind space. My significant other just recently learned about my son's gay lifestyle and has shown some very ugly and nasty homophobic ways and went as far as telling me that he doesn't feel comfortable with my son having male company at my home because no real man would be comfortable with that. Okay. I tried to explain to him that I <laughs> I tried to explain to him that I'd rather have my son happy and healthy with himself instead of having to hide who he is. But my significant other threatened to leave. <laughs> Okay. I didn't stop him, but my son took the high road and said he doesn't want to come in between me and my happiness. So he left to stay with a friend until he can find a place of his own. I told my son that he can absolutely always come home anytime he needs to. And I'll always be in support of him. My question to you is, do you think I should have stopped him or should I just let my significant other go since I doubt we will ever see eye to eye about this issue? Thanks, Cheryl. Sweetie, um, Miss Cheryl is 50. It sounds like this man is either fucking and entertaining you to a way or to a degree that you're like not ready or willing to let go of, or possibly looking out for you, your, you know home your finances like i don't know what the benefit of this nigga exactly is what you love so much about him that this would even be a question um because he clearly is not your son's father 
Right. Um, right. So the fact that he would put you in the position to choose between your son and him in terms of y'all's living situation because of, you know, occasional moments where your son has guests. Like, Mm. I highly doubt that your kid is, like, (laughs) straddling his man in a living room and, like, (laughs) tonguing down his boyfriend or whoever his, you know, um, gentleman caller might be. In the house, you know what I mean? Yes. And even if he did, so the fuck what, right? But at the same time, it's like all of that stuff is attached to this sort of pre-coded thinking that usually comes along with a bunch of other garbage, toxic-ass bullshit that you don't don't need to deal with, shouldn't be around, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that there's a question about who needs to have a fucking attitude adjustment or get their shit and leave. Um, it's not your son. But that's me. That's how I feel. Um, Kudos, I guess, to your son for being like, I will, you know, complicate my own living situation if this nigga who is homophobic and apparently hates me makes you happy. That alone, like... I, I don't know where the scale is looking for you in terms of balance, but... because yeah. <clears throat> I'm feeling a way yeah. about that. I am feeling a way about that. <laughs> I would absolutely tell that nigga that I can send him his luggage, a la Farrah, Frank- Farrah Franklin. Mm-hmm. Get out. Um, leave. Right All now. the other things that JoJo said. So <laughs> All that shit. Yeah, I just think... You need to, Cheryl, you really need to look at the impact this is having on your son or would have on your son because he already tried to come out to you when he was younger. By your own admission, you did not take it well. And he coped with that, with using drugs and all this. And now again, you are showing him that you will allow somebody to disrespect him and like put him in the position of having to leave you. Like, I just, I I don't think you're really looking at it like that. Like, yeah, he's an adult and he can make his own decisions or whatever, but I'm sure what your son really wanted was for his mother to take care of him. You're right. To stand up for him, to say, yo nigga, you out your goddamn mind. If you think you're going to tell my son who he can and can't have in his mama's house. Like, where was that? You're right. I just don't, I, like, I feel like he deserved, your son deserved for you to stick up for him. Like you said, when she's already acknowledged the effects that she's possibly had on him um, due to the way that she reacted to him coming out and things like that. And this would just be further evidence that, you know, he isn't really prioritized. Right. In terms of the list of things you care about, especially not the way that your son should be. And it is once again due to his sexuality. And now, personally, I think I would feel worse about it in mm. under these circumstances. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's like, you're not my daddy. Who the fuck are you? You're the person that my mother is dating. Or, you know, your significant other, whatever that means. And because of your own ignorance about me having guests over here, like, I possibly have to think of, like, no, like, I I, I just, 
a mother should absolutely, in my opinion, be like, nigga, I don't really give a fuck right. what you think it about up for debate. any of the company that comes into my home. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's that as well. So, I mean, I don't know that you, if you thought that you were going to write this particular letter into two queer people and get us to be like, oh, yeah, it's absolutely okay. <laughs> Tell Malik that he should just do whatever he wants. Yeah. Like, for you to text your son and be like, you know, I support you and you can always come home. Clearly not, because that right. man is still there, girl. Like, that nigga's there. And you letting that nigga lay up in your house knowing how he feels about your son. You are choosing this man over your child. <laughs> and if that's your decision, that's your decision. But like, if the goal was to heal your relationship with your son, this is going to set you all the way back. And if I were you, I would do what I can to fix it now. Like, if your son was like, you know, leaving used condoms all around around the house and like streaming you know live, like, yeah, doing OnlyFans right. in the living room. I was just what to say <laughs> shooting his OnlyFans from the living room in front of the fucking, you know, Mima's antique to coffee table, yeah. right? And her doll babies, you know, her African doll babies and all this shit Black Jesus on, on OnlyFans, right? <laughs> Like, if it was just, you know, completely trifling behavior by way of your son and his dates, then I could understand anybody being like, I am uncomfortable. But just him possibly having a friend over of any kind. And the way that homophobes be, it'll be your good old homegirl that you go down and and shop with and kiki and send memes that you're not even almost sexually, you know, interested in. Just your friend that is also gay, maybe, or male or whatever. (laughs) And then, like... Like, oh, well, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that, and I'm uncomfortable. Like, girl, they're talking about drag race and the fucking Real Housewives of Potomac. Them girls aren't thinking about you or each other. Calm down and put that hungry man into the microwave. And if you don't like it, you can leave my house. And if you don't like it... That is a person I grew in my body. What? Oh, Cheryl, you you got some thinking to do and you got some decisions to make. But if you abandon your son again, girl, I just don't I don't even know how to end that. Best of luck. Niggas can come and go even at 50, Listen, 50, 70. But that son that you, you have is your son. If this nigga choke on always. a hot link and die tomorrow, you done ruined your relationship with your son for what? For what exactly? Okay. And honestly, it doesn't even sound like you would have to to really be concerned by that, which is even more like heartbreaking for me because he's talking about, well, I'll just go and stay with my friend or whatever because I don't want to sacrifice your happiness, even though this nigga is being incredibly homophobic and irrational, unreasonable as fuck. But like, I'll go ahead and bounce just so that you will be happy, mama, even though I've already dealt with, you know, trauma and darkness as a result of, you know, the way that you received me coming out to you when I was younger. Like, if you don't tell that nigga to shut the fuck up or get out your goddamn house. Please. Oh, okay. Last letter this week comes from Jessica, who says, I'm a 29-year-old mother of two living in a small town in Indiana. I was born here, and the only other black kid who went to school with me was my sister. Mm -hmm. We did not get another black kid to play with until my brother was born. I did not even get my first real black friend until I was a freshman in college. God damn. Cannot. I'm sorry. 
cannot fathom. But anyway. College? No, girl. <laughs> anyway, I'm currently married to a white man who I got with before I got of with. Of course you are. Of course like... you are. And we live in Trump country. My neighbors uh, across the street fly the Confederate flag and the Trump 2020 flag. Uh, People I work with have those stickers on their windshields and bumpers. I just had a baby and almost died of preeclampsia because a bored white doctor thought I was being dramatic about my swelling. Wow. Are you fucking kidding? I could go on, but I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. The problem is that my pink ass, no leg washing ass, salt is too spicy ass husband refuses to leave. <laughs> Not you dragging the one you signed this marital contract with, girl. I love when black people <laughs> in relationships with white people like get mad at them and just read their race for <laughs> points. Like it is so funny to me. Oh, salt is too spicy ass. That is so <laughs> fucking funny. Because you know they still love them, but it's like, bitch, I'm rolling I'm on you just, right now. And I'm mad. And I'm mad because you look uncooked. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, where was this? Oh, he just got a promotion and he wants to get a couple years worth of experience that he can take somewhere else. Plus, all of his family is here and they help out by watching our children a lot. He says that racism is everywhere. And if we leave, then we'll just be giving the racists what they want. But I'm already seeing how this place is having a negative impact on us as a family. My daughter is already making negative comments about her hair which I'm sure is a result of side comments from white classmates and teachers. My husband kept a photo of our family on his desk for years and somehow kept getting passed up for, for promotions from a Trump supporting president, company president. I told him to take it down. The president re eventually retires and the new guy gave my husband a promotion immediately. Is that a coincidence? Hmm. Hmm, maybe, but I don't think so because my husband has had the experience and education requirements for years. I used to be a happy person and assume the best from everyone. Now I assume everyone I meet is a closet racist and I tremble when a cop drives behind me on these country roads. Wow. Oh, the message from my neighborhood is loud and clear. Your black life is worthless. And right now my children are the only thing keeping me on this spinning rock. I get more depressed every day. So my question is, is my husband's refusal to leave Clan Valley, Indiana, a valid reason for <laughs> separation or divorce? I'm considering packing up my kids and leaving on my own. I'm a teacher, so I would just need to get my license in another state, but I would probably struggle on one income. Would my kids be better off with a broken family if it meant they weren't raised in this hellhole? Do you guys think I should stick it out and hope my husband come comes around? Or should I stay and teach my kids how to deal? Thanks. I forgot what I called her. Oh, shit. I don't remember either. God damn. Every fucking time... The same womb, Flav. Just call her something else. We'll just call her Tiffany. Um, yes. Okay. And then she said, P.S. For anybody considering a move to Indiana because the cost of living is low, just fucking don't do it. Mm. Yeah. Well, you ain't got to tell me, girl. <laughs> Signed, Oklahoma. <laughs> Here's So I don't really understand your husband's logic and like... If we move away, we're going to give the racists whatever, what they want or whatever. It's like, yeah, but if we stay, they're just going to make us miserable or make yeah. me miserable and my children miserable. And honestly, whether I'm living in like 
you know, the backwoods of of Toe Jam, Indiana, or wherever, <laughs> you know, are in a metrop- metropolitan area or a city like, you know, Atlanta, New York, L.A., Houston, Miami, wherever. It's not like you're, you know, your kids are now all of a sudden going to, you know, not ex- experience racism or deal with, you know fellow classmates that are saying horrible stuff about their hair or skin because of, you know, the home they were like, your kids are going to experience that kind of stuff. They'd be exposed to that stuff and have to have conversations with you about it, regardless of where you live. It's just some places, maybe it won't be so incredibly concentrated. Um, and you know, super prevalent in your life and in your kids' lives. And if you would possibly become more comfortable, happier in another town, another city, and your kids would, I don't understand why you would not want to just go somewhere else aside from, you know, cost of living and other stuff like that. I would definitely be like, all right, well, you know, I found a place and so I, but you know, not married, only have a dog, you know, work it out. I just feel like whatever your husband's logic there to me didn't really make much sense. I mean, yeah, the whole, I'd want to stay here for a couple of more years before I transfer or whatever. (sighs) I mean, you didn't tell us how old your kids were, but as somebody who grew up in a very white environment, not that white, (laughs) nowhere near that white like I had black Mm. friends from birth I was always surrounded by niggas even in Tulsa we lived on the nigger side of town so (laughs) so I don't have it's not this dramatic but I wished deeply that uh, um, now that I'm an adult looking back at it I wish my parents had removed me from the influence of those white people way before they did Mm. like I wish I was not forced to go to white elementary and white middle schools and like forced to be around those people because it really did a disservice really really fucked my mind up and thankfully I got myself together but like I just you know how fucked up it is to grow up there as a black girl Mm. and it's true that you know you're married and it's not as easy as just going off to another state with your kids and that being that but if he's if he's saying you know just give me a couple of years and then I can transfer then I would be like let's talk about this in concrete terms not a couple of years like mm-hmm. get give me the the month and the year that you are going to be putting in your notice absolutely or finding another job or whatever because I will not let my children be saturated in this racist ass environment for all their days like yeah. it, it was bad enough in the 90s when i was growing up but with this trump pinch shit everywhere like within the trump days oh no girl oh no yeah. honey we're gonna have to figure something out and go somewhere else and because you are my husband and i love you i want us to work on an exit plan together but we absolutely have to work on one and if right. he's not willing to do that or if the time comes and all of a sudden he's changing his mind or whatever you know, save your money now. I know you got your own separate secret account somewhere. You need to be stacking your shit up now so that you can make whatever decision you need to make if it comes to that. But hopefully your husband understands. Like, listen, I'm black. This isn't a joke. This isn't just, oh, shrug it off. It doesn't mean anything. Like, this can affect a black person's psyche for the rest of their days. For the rest of their lives, And yes. we're already stressed. So we gon' we gonna leave. 
or me and these kids is gonna leave, or me leave, yeah. and you could have you. Well, no, I would not leave my black kids with a white man in Indiana. <laughs> Just kidding, <laughs> right? So we can all go together, or I can go with these kids. But it's up to you, right? And and let's make a plan and and to get my babies the fuck up out of here, and then you know move from there, girl. I totally agree. <sighs> like I would. Definitely be like, so I just came from Staples. I've got construction paper. I've got a bulletin board. I've got yarn. Guess what we So we're do. going to spend the next couple of hours coming up with an actual plan to get the fuck out of here. And we're not going to just talk about, you know, a couple of years. I need to figure out how this is going to work so that we can all come together and work collectively with a plan to exit Lovecraft Country. You ready? Great. <laughs> Thanks. Because this is happening. <laughs> we are leaving. Yeah, we're leaving. Like, <laughs> it's just a matter me and of you my children. In, right? <laughs> thank you. There it is. It's just whether or not you are coming. So, so you let me know. <laughs> whatever you need. All right. Best of luck to you, sis. <laughs> Don't forget the listener letters were brought to you today by Hulu's new comedy series, Woke. All episodes premiering September 9th. Send your questions to gmail.com We'll be right back. We're back once again and finally, and it is now time for us to do the read. I will go ahead because I don't believe I have too, too much to say. I just wanted to give both of my middle fingers to the New York Post this week for having headlines about Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old gunman who decided to go to a protest, a Black Lives Matter protest, and shoot up a whole bunch of people because America. Um, The New York Post sent out an article um, showing Kyle Rittenhouse clear, cleaning graffiti off of some places in Kenosha or wherever, um, I guess, during the protests. You know, doing the typical thing that the media likes to do is painting disgusting, murderous white people as angels and sweet babies that love their country and are super patriotic and, you know, bake cupcakes for the elderly and would never hurt a fly and it's all Negroes people's fault. Meanwhile, when they discuss the murder of Jacob Blake, they're talking about, oh, he had a knife in his car, even though he was shot down in the motherfucking street with his back turned. All kinds of useless things. You know, the media's typical thing of making black people sound like a whole bunch of mutating, you know, pus-dripping, monstrous creatures that want to devour your white daughters and, you know bring nothing but bloodshed across the nation or whatever the fuck Republicans be talking about. Now, I just want to say, of course, this is specifically about the New York Post because this is where I saw this past week um, in terms of uh, news publications reporting these stories and whatnot. But I understand that this is a whole thing with lots of different media outlets. All of y'all are basically owned by like three or four or five people. And I'm not interested. I don't appreciate or give a fuck about any of your shark-like, blade suit-wearing, white-ass oligarchy. All I want to say is that, please, like, stop wasting our fucking time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stop disrespecting the lives of Black people who are, ca- like, being murdered by police 
police by crazy ass white people at numbers that we can barely keep up with or count. Having a knife, having stolen something in high school, having a criminal record is not grounds for the death penalty. Nope. especially not in the middle of the motherfucking goddamn cold ass street. It just isn't. That's not the way that this motherfucking world is supposed to work. And you know how we know? Because we see y'all handle white people who have these same histories, have these same stories, who do these same things. And what do you do? You take them over to go get some Chick-fil-A sandwiches, mm-hmm. possibly some Burger King, fries with no salt so they're fresh, and you kiki with them down at the station until you let them go. You know, like, so I don't want to hear anything else about this Black person or that Black person or that Black person who had an attitude or who, you know, you know, had a record or who's been to jail or prison before or who, you know did some unthinkable thing when they were 15 or whatever the fuck, because at the end of the day, none of that shit, you know, sensibly, rightfully leads to, oh, so we killed them and that's what should have happened. It just doesn't. It doesn't. None of that is ever grounds for you riddling black people with bullets in the middle of the motherfucking street before any questions are asked. So, like, stacking up these stories about all of these innocent, like, well, not innocent, maybe not all innocent, but, like, murdered black people and how they once did a a, a bad thing or once, like, you know, listened to a really aggressive NWA record or whatever the fuck. It's just like, girl... Most of the time, y'all be lying. Most of the time, y'all be making shit up like you're trying to do right now with Breonna Taylor. But even if you're talking about a Black person who, like, you know, stuck up a 7-Eleven or some shit like that, that doesn't mean, okay, well, let's just, like, fill their back with a whole bunch of of bullets. Because y'all wouldn't do that shit for white people, and you damn sure shouldn't be doing it for any of the fuck body, because that's not the way that any of this shit is supposed to work. So none of these things that y'all be sticking into these posts, these headlines, these articles really make any sense. And I'm really tired. Like, I don't understand it. And at the same time, being someone who cleans graffiti or takes care of their granny or graduated from college or, you know, was a Cub Scout, none of that shit exempts a person from being a cold-blooded, disgusting, murdering, murdering piece of shit. So, like, I don't understand why we are still so blatant and obvious with the racism and the racist tactics that the world consistently uses, yet y'all pretend like it doesn't exist or it doesn't fucking happen. Like, we're still really doing this. We're still talking about Black people that are murdered by the police or by whatever random conservative right-wing psycho in the fucking street and being like well once they stole a pack of lifesavers from a gas station when they were 14 so you know they were no angel what the fuck does that have to do with any motherfucking thing and why are you now again trying to paint a literal cold-blooded crazy disgusting toxic conditioned asshole as someone who was like well he just really was a hero because he obviously cared about his country and what are you supposed to do when you know this country makes 17 year olds feel like they have to go onto the street and defend it for themselves and whatever like the I don't know if it was like the sheriff or somebody who worked for the police out there was like, oh well, if people weren't out after curfew, then this wouldn't have happened. 
Are you like like you're seriously trying to say that because people who were protesting in this country who which they have the right to do were out after curfew that it makes sense that they died nope. that they should have been killed that it makes sense Mm-mm. that they were murdered in the street cuz that's what happens when you're out after curfew I'm just so fucking tired of this country's, like, blind, drooling dedication to a really, like, antiquated evil agenda and how they will just make whatever excuse is the first to come to their mind to defend bullshit that kills people, that oppresses people, that destroys people, no matter what the fuck for. I'm over it. And I don't give a fuck if it's the New York Post. I don't give a fuck what newspaper, what magazine, what website, what network it is. I'm so tired of y'all still backing up, you know, the agenda of of painting Black people as monsters, regardless of whatever the fuck their story is, and white, horrible villains as innocent angels who, you know, came from an abusive household or whatever the fuck, and that's why they are the way that they are. And honestly, what they need is a hug and a Mentos. (laughs) Fuck y'all. Fuck Kyle Rittenhouse. Fuck Tucker Carlson. Fuck everybody out. Like, any of y'all bitches who got something to say about, you know, Black people, the Black Lives Matter movement, or whatever the fuck at all, suck my dick. Because everything at this point, up until this point, has pretty much been the same. And it's always been you fucking weirdo, radical assholes who be coming out here and changing the dynamics of everything to fit your own weird, selfish, disgusting, psychopathic means. And then blaming Black people for it. And I'm over it. Like, I'm legitimately over it. And that's it. Yeah, white people have been doing a lot behind this Kyle asshole. And it's just like, I can't even, I can't even really pay too much attention to it because I already know how this is going to go. I already know, I already, I'm not even like, I already know how y'all about to do because this is how y'all been doing. Like, it is the same shit, just another day. And yeah, sick and disgusted, but. That is America for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wanted to say, um, first of all, not sure um, whether this has been making the national news or not, but Hurricane Laura has really tore her ass through Louisiana and done terrible damage in southwest Louisiana, the Lake Charles area. Um, Yeah. People are projected to be without power for four, six, eight weeks, even like clean running water, that type of shit. Um, and the destruction is just bad. I think it's all, it's still over 300,000 people in Louisiana without power who have lost their homes, who have died because they uh, don't know how to use their generators or the generator, something happened to it. And so it's been like carbon monoxide poison. It's just all kinds of shit going on. People were already struggling because of the fucking pandemic and everything going on and this is not helping anything so if you have it in you please do donate to the relief efforts i know of um two websites in particular that aren't the red cross and that's cajunnavyrelief.com and foundation swla.org but i also um highly encourage you to just 
look through the hashtags on Twitter, hashtag um, help Lake Charles, something like that. And if you have it, just, you know, send a few dollars to somebody's cash app or Venmo, something like that, because people are really fucking struggling and they need money. Like they need things and they need money. And so, yeah. Yeah, let's just do something for this region of the country that people don't tend to really care about. I mean, it is small and all that, but they're humans and they're struggling. So I just wanted to bring some attention to that. And also wanted to say Amari Hardwick. Woof. I don't even know what he said, to be honest with you. I I haven't read anything. understand. But I saw people being like... (laughs) What the fuck is this nigga's problem? I don't know what he said, though. So, you know, Instagram has been um, turned into like a, 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 a guest book at a funeral with everybody leaving yeah. their thoughts for Chad and all that, which is nothing wrong with that. But right. um, Amari Hardwick decided to chime in with the most, I mean, if you're being friendly, you could say it's just lacking awareness, but really damn near narcissistic because this message that he wrote after, I mean, this is about Chadwick Boseman passing away. I'm just going to read it to you. I didn't have enough time that fateful night to share what I whispered to you. This is after, right. He posted a, okay. So he posted a video of himself accepting an award for power. So this is like a tribute to Chadwick, but not even actually Chadwick in the fucking post. And it says, I didn't have enough time that fateful night to share what I whispered to you. So now I will, but not before sharing what you said first. You said, oh, go claim that award that's had your name on it from the gate from the moment I met you. And I whispered back, thank you, Bose, for being the superhero I knew you were from the moment I met you. Then I quickly added, we still got to do that movie together. You replied, bet. I hear you whispering more than ever, my dearest brother of a Black Panther. One of my biggest honors was being one of your biggest competitors and an even bigger friend. Really? You are hugely missed, but I got you next to me even more on the rest of this run. A wise man told me this morning, in the kingdom, no crown is wasted. When one man drops his crown, another man picks it up. Pick it up. Oh, is this nigga out of his fucking mind? From King Chadwick to King Hardwick, I will do just that, my brother. Rest in your glory. Praying hands emoji. Eagle emoji. For reasons no one can understand. Crown emoji. P.S. Brave has worn his Black Panther costume every day for the past three weeks. Trust me, I'll make sure he keeps wearing it. Oh, okay. Oh, so... <laughs> Your biggest competitor. Now, when I saw biggest competitor, I said, let me just mosey on over to IMDb. Because even though I only know Omari Hardwick for power and being Mary Jane, perhaps he has, you know, some storied career that's, you know, giving me evidence of some depth that maybe I've missed out. But I was not wrong about that. Those are the two mm. shining moments in his catalog. He was also in a Jay-Z video. So, you know, that's fun oh, as man. well. Yeah. yeah Family nice. Feud video. Mm. So, you know, mm. met Beyonce. But okay. I'm really struggling to see how you ever thought that you and Chadwick Boseman were in the same 
in the same book, on the same page, like in the same conversation. I really, I'm not seeing it. I'm really not. There has never been an Omari Hardwick scene that has moved me to do a damn thing other than block a nigga's number. There has never Mm. been an Omari Hardwick performance that has motivated me to watch the same program again, much less to pay for it. I'm just, I'm really grasping at how you thought this was even remotely appropriate. But then... Somebody comments and said, um, how did you manage to make Chadwick passing about you? You played a drug dealer and Chadwick played some of the greatest inspirations for African-Americans. You can't even equate the two. And this fool said. Your message is as cancerous as what Chad fought. You. I'm not. Are lying. Your message is as cancerous as what Chad fought, said, good luck going forward. God bless you. I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, you took a very rational, I mean, a a comment that I too would have made. Now, maybe it's mean, you know, maybe it's, it's not exactly, you know, supportive of you. But it's a very good question. How did you manage to make Chadwick's passing about you? And then to put yourself in the same sentence, how dare you? And then to say that my comment is just as cancerous as what literally killed this man? real, actual, fatal cancer. As real cancer that really just killed this man that we all really love? Are you kidding me? Nice. I said, okay, so I vaguely, I I vaguely remember us cussing out Amari Hardwick for something else on this show. Maybe it was being inappropriate with Beyonce. I think that's what it was. Something like that. So, you know, my expectations are already in the fucking gutter. But when I saw that shit, I was like, okay, so this is somebody I just need to write off for the rest of my days. Like, Mm. I just don't never even need to hear or see nothing else from you because the delusion was bad enough. It's already hard for me to deal with people who have delusions of their own importance. You're just enamored with this grandeur that you don't have. It's already hard enough for me to to handle that. But then for you to turn around and make light of real cancer by saying that a critical comment is just as deadly. That's the portion for me. I said, get that nigga out of here. Like the initial post is not great. It's not, but you could... You know, it's not. It's like somebody who has really long arms could reach and say, oh, this was like Mm. the most powerful moment between the two of them for him (laughs) and like his biggest memory. And she is just trying to say that Chadwick was incredibly supportive. I don't think that the biggest competitor competitor portion or the crown portion helps, but like you could skate around that if you wanted to be nice to people. But that cancer comment it's too to much. To me, it's is like, are you dumb? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, wow. Chadwick was not only a better actor, but by other people's accounts, a better person. I'm not saying that. Other people have said it. Just in the way they describe your behavior versus <laughs> I, But I, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that's what I have ascertained. Uh, like, I just, I don't know where you found the nerve. And I may have written off the original post, as you know. 
niggas will do a lot of showboating for social media or niggas be grieving and sometimes things come out super wrong and you know you was just trying to share but the fact that you came at that girl like that making light of the thing that just killed chad by calling her comment just as deadly that's why i'm just like okay nope a comment that wasn't even it wasn't even that bad right of the violations (laughs) you'll see on instagram it wasn't even that. I mean, these are valid questions that the young lady is bringing up. <laughs> How you make this about you? How you put y'all in the same fucking conversation? <laughs> that man played Thurgood Marshall and Jackie Robinson. And you talk about you picking up the crown? Wear a girl to take you it to stars? Queens right. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Homegirl actually stepped up to the plate and asked the question that was on all of our <laughs> Like... And said it so, in a nicer way than I would have. And so for you to react like that, uh-uh. It's just, don't say nothing else to me about that boy because I ain't got it. Unfucking believable You ought to be wow. ashamed. Everybody else saying these sweet, beautiful, loving things or just straight up saying, this is fucking trash. Like, and I just can't even talk about it. Like, and yet Omari fucking Hardwick I just don't know where you found the gumption sis, but put it back. No, you don't have enough for that. Mm-mm. That's no, that's denied. Thank you so much. Wow. Oh, I could not believe it, but it was real. So that is going to wrap up this week's episode of The Read. Check us out at thisistheread.com and on social media at thisistheread. Um, you can get our merch at shoptheread.com. Not sure if it's in stock right now, but if it is then that is the website. Um, anything from you, friend, this week? My happy meal this week is... These are the things that made me smile. One, Karen Huger making fun of Giselle Bryant's clothes on The Real Housewives of Potomac. Oh, Lord. Two, um, singer slash comedian on Instagram, KD underscore French, and her song... Uh, the fridge again, or I'm at the fridge again. Go to her Instagram. It was posted on August 12th, and it was expertly sung as well as funny as fuck. Lastly, um, tweet Jasmine Sullivan. Yes, please. Um, there was a lot of really strong R&B music that was released this past weekend, but I just want to say tweet quintessential R&B voice, perfect and effortless harmonies, voice has stood the test, you know, the the test of time and and industry shenanigans. And Jasmine Sullivan, you know, once again, full open soul um via mp3 or m4a mm-hmm. i love them both of those songs uh gave me what i needed in terms of music and melody tony braxton's album sounds really good and there's some other ones i still need to listen to but those are the things that made me smile and feel good and hopefully you have found something to make you smile and feel good as well Oh, yes. Something else I saw that you might really like. Do you know who Young BBQ is? <laughs> that girl no. who be dancing. You don't know Young BBQ? She is hilarious. This nigga, when I say this nigga be dancing her ass off. Anyway, she did The Rain, Missy's song, The Rain, in the actual rain. Okay. And yes. Missy posted the video on her I did um, see this. Instagram. So if you have not seen that, go check it out because she fucking killed it. It's so good. And I just love her. Yeah. Like, I don't know how she is funny while she does this shit, but 
it is just everything. So shout out to Young BBQ and go follow her and check out her videos if you need a little yeah. laughter and sunshine in your life. Oh my God. And also the council. Do you know what the council is? No, it sounds like something for witches. So, no, it's this girl who, um, I'm sure she started on TikTok, but she basically does these videos where she's talking as like a different part of herself. So like her brain, her pussy, her heart, her common oh, sense, cute. her logic. Right. So the all of the characters make up the council and her videos are just fucking hilarious. So search for the council. It's council with a K, K-O-U-N-C-I-L. But she is so, so funny. And I love her stuff, too. That's a cute concept. It's, I mean, it's really cute. And I think a lot of people have a bit off of it at this point. Michael B. Jordan, I think, is a fan and went live with her on Instagram. And <laughs> she oh, that's cute. embarrassed herself and then made fun of herself in a video. Like, it's just really fun and funny. So check her out. And yes. yeah, that's it for me. Well, the Avengers game goes live for me in 15 minutes. Don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I don't know any of you girls because that's where I will be for the rest of my life or unless, I mean, until I have to come back and do this again. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed Monica and Brandy's mule slides and that everyone is healthy as possible and doing something to feel good. Okay? And yes. Hallelujah. Great. We will see y'all next week. <laughs> 